bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Hi, everyone. It's Matt here for the HR Chat Show, and I am so pleased to be joined by Tegan Cochran. Tegan is a three-time Canadian national cycling champion, and now more recently, a marketing consultant specializing in brand, along with messaging, and working for a number of corporate clients here in Vancouver. Tegan, welcome to the HR Chat Show. Hi, Matt. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, Tegan, you and I met, I think it was towards the latter half of 2018, and I was so impressed with not only your background, but what you're doing these days. Why don't you talk our audience through a bit about who you are and where you've come from and what you're doing today? Absolutely. Yeah, so I grew up the, my whole life as an elite athlete. I started playing hockey when I was about four years old, and I played all the way till I was 18. And, you know, I had a dream of being an Olympian and, you know, going down to the States on a full ride scholarship. But unfortunately, those plans changed because I had two back to back ACL reconstructions, which essentially ended my hockey career. Um, at that point, I went on to focus heavily into my academics and I took a lot of that um, passion from sport and um, I got a degree in marketing and I ended up going and traveling the world after I graduated. I went to Australia, Southeast Asia and New Zealand and in every city that I went, I would find a bike and sort of tour around and that is when I found my love for cycling. And I became absolutely obsessed. I came home and I started driving from my hometown in Kelowna to Vancouver, which was where the closest track was to me. And I sort of did this back and forth commute, learning how to track cycle. And I wanted so badly to be on Team Canada. So I called them and I said, hey, what do I gotta do to get there? This is my sport background. Um, I came from a power sport in hockey, and so I transitioned quite effortlessly into a sprinter on the track. And, you know, I kind of put my head down for a year and a half, and I showed up at National Champions, and, and um, yeah, I ended up getting on the podium in all four events in my first year, which was incredible. And, uh, you know, I was invited out to Toronto for a Team Canada integration camp. I ended up going and, you know, they liked me enough to <laughs> keep me around. And so, yeah, I was on Team Canada for the last couple of years and I got to perform on the World Cup stage. I became a three-time national champion and that was an incredible experience, very difficult experience as well. I ended up having a crash and I got a compound concussion. I lost my front teeth, I had lacerations on my face and had lost like a good part of, you know, the skin of my body from, from a road rash. And so I decided to put cycling on hold and pursue business. And with my concussion being so severe, I had to work from home. So I started a little web design business and branding business, really taking my marketing education and applying it and also my design, my design background and I sort of started my own little my own little business and did what I could at the beginning and it evolved and it evolved and as I started to recover from my head injury uh, I moved into a consultant role and I specialized in going into into marketing agencies and helping them with system management or human resources and 
really taking a lot of the experiences from sport and applied them to the business world. So how to get to A to B as quickly and efficiently as possible, how to work as a team, and of course, the importance of rest. And it sounds like over the course of your both professional athlete career and then now in the business world, you've had to reinvent yourself a couple different times when right. it wasn't really planned. I mean, it sounds like you had a couple of really serious knee surgeries when you were playing hockey, then you go yeah. cycling, you had a pretty serious accident from cycling, now you're in the business world. Talk me through a bit about the, those transitional periods. So I, I imagine that when you started playing hockey, that was a singular focus for you. You thought, you said you mentioned it yourself, you thought college, you thought national team. So that had yeah. to be taken away from you and now you're like, walk us through that. Yeah, so, you know, really I feel like I've, sort of lost my identity twice in my life, both times from serious injuries. Um, you know, the first time is really difficult. I was a young teenage girl. Um, I grew up, my dad played in the NHL for 10 years. I remember being devastated. I wasn't a guy because I couldn't go play in the NHL. And so my goal was the Olympics. I wanted to be an Olympian. I grew up watching Haley Wickenheiser and I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And so when that didn't pan out, you're sort of left in this weird place where you don't really know what to do with your time because you, the majority of your time was spent training, practicing, uh, thinking about your sport, you know, studying your sport, whatever it is. And then all of a sudden you're incapable of doing, doing it. Um, and so it's a very hard thing to experience. And you're sort of feeling like I'm at point A. I need to now figure out what I enjoy as much as what I just lost. And that can take a lot of time and it takes a lot of patience. And so the first time I wasn't very patient at all. I was frustrated. I you know, rushed my recovery, which led to my second tear of my ACL. So, you know, as I got older and after I just had, you know, this devastating crash in the spring where I had quite a bad head injury. Um, yeah, I think I had the experience of going through, uh, you know, a loss before in sport. And so I sort of knew what to expect, but you know, this time was a bit more difficult because I was on my own. I was living in a new city. I, yeah, it was just, it was very difficult. Um, and so, especially with a head injury too, right? Because you're not able to regulate your emotions, which is very frustrating. And so you have a lot of ups and downs. And I was trying to reinvent myself with a head injury, figuring out how I tied together my love for business with everything I had learned from sport. And all the while trying to understand the end of it, which is, which is difficult and letting go of what that is and accepting that, you know, it might not, it might not be what's meant to be. So. What yeah. lessons did you take from that? That nothing's guaranteed, you know, nothing in life is guaranteed. You can work uh, extremely hard, but, you might not get there sometimes and that's okay because you have to make pivots in life. You have to make changes. And I think ultimately it has taught me perseverance and how to adapt. And so 
I'm extremely adaptable now to many different environments, um, which is a blessing. And uh, it's taught me patience and, and really to find value in who I am and not what I do. I think that's been the biggest thing is when you lose your identity, you start to say like, okay, well then who am I if I'm not a cyclist? Well, I'm Tegan. I'm a daughter. I'm a sister. I'm an auntie. I'm a lover of animals. Like the things that really will never change because what you do will always change. And so I learned to find value in who I am rather than what I do. That's great. And it sounds like resilience too with all those challenges and obstacles. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right? When you fall off the horse, you just got to get back up. <laughs> or the bike as you will. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think about the business experiences that I've had, there isn't an appreciation of the importance of rest in a business context. And I think part of it is because it's more intellectual. Um, it's not as physical in most cases, especially right. the, the typical office job, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, and we, we tend to um, reward and uh, recognize people that put in 50, 60, 70 mm -hmm. hours a week in the business context because yeah. they're, they're working really, really hard. Um, whereas if somebody asks for time off or needs vacation or needs to cut out a half day early, there seems to be, we seem to confuse presence with value and with um, contributions. would love to hear how you're incorporating rest now in your professional career in a corporate setting. So does that mean taking more time off? Does that mean taking breaks throughout the day? What does that look like for you? And now that you're kind of in, in that kind of nine to five type situation. Yeah. So, you know, I've done the nine to five where I'm sort of sitting at an office chair and spending the entire day with maybe like a half an hour lunch break, just sort of sitting there at my computer. And I absolutely noticed the decline in the quality of my work. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I might be, you know, outputting work, but is it my highest quality if I'm not resting throughout the day or taking those half an hour breaks more often to really optimize the level of work I'm producing. So I guess for, for me, the beauty of being a contractor, um, I have the ability to set my own schedule. So I know that in the morning, the first thing I want to do is go for a walk or go for a run, clear my mind, set my objectives for the day and have a clear plan as to how I'm going to go about my day. Mm. And I also know that because I'm extremely high energy that I need to take a step away, you know, throughout my day. I need to, you know, grind it out for an hour and a half, then take 15 minutes, you know, to just take a break, rest, relax. I mean, when you're constantly jumping from, you know, a meeting to a meeting to a meeting to a call to typing something out. It's so overwhelming that we don't give ourselves the opportunity to let one project or one task sort of sink in. And I think that's really important. Yeah, I think especially if you're in a leadership capacity um, in particular, I mean, you're working with people all day long. You're being, I remember as an executive, I used to have 10, 12, 15 meetings a day, back to back to back to back to back. Um, and in each of those meetings, I was being asked for decisions or to remove roadblocks or to help mediate conflict. And I often noticed myself throughout the course of a, of a business day that my performance would wane. You know, you get that kind of that post-lunch kind of lull. Um, and yes. you know, when you're 
when you're dealing with people and, and most people in their careers, whether you're a leader or not, you're working with teams and working with people either in a remote setting or side by side. Um, you know, you need to be at your best, especially as the nature of business becomes more dynamic and agile. Mm-hmm. I can't help but think we would all benefit from a bit more of a, of an athlete's methodology to an approach to our business. Um, right. So w- when you're working throughout your day, I'm assuming it's yeah. not just the, the schedule and the cadence and all those things. It's probably it's exercise. It sounds like it sounds like there's diet that's involved as well. Yeah. Really oh, for sure. Athlete. Absolutely. I mean, if we look back at what my training schedule was, the break in between my training sessions, guess how long it was? 15 minutes, three hours, <laughs> three hours between morning training session and the afternoon training session. That's a break. That's a break, right? But if it's one hour, I'm going back to my second training session with 40% less energy. So every single session, I'm working at 100%. Of course, we're not going to take three-hour lunch breaks, right? But we're also not expending as much physical energy as I was as an athlete. But it's still important to take that time to really reset your mind. I think overstimulation, whether with conversation, work, your screen. I mean, screens are extremely exhausting on your body, on your mind and your eyes. And even taking a break from your screen for 15 minutes throughout the day, you know, is, I think, extremely beneficial. So I I bring a lot of stuff, though, from sport as well. So my diet sets me up for sustained energy throughout the day. Mm. You know, this, my sleep schedule also does that going to bed at a reasonable time, waking up, feeling good, starting my day with physical exercise. So I get, you know, everything flowing and going. And so I've really fine tuned my routine, my body, my diet to ensure I'm working at a hundred percent of my ability. That's great. And I I can share from my own personal experience, one of the big draws for me to leave the corporate world and do this entrepreneurial pursuit was to have the control over my schedule. You know, I was very lucky. I was in an executive role, so I had a lot of autonomy with the hours that I worked. But there's an expectation um, that whether it's implicit or explicit, that you have to be there and have to perform. Um, And the the nature of of work is that you're never really off. You're always 24-7. The idea that... um, I could have more control over my schedule was so key. So I've been actually trying different routines myself in the last kind of six months just to see what fits best because I'm so used to following somebody else's schedule that now that I get to craft it for myself, I'm trying. Do I want, do I, am I actually an early riser? I mean, in the corporate world, I used to get up usually at four thirty every morning, go oh for a gosh. run, go to the gym. Because that for me was the, you know, those few hours in the morning before kind of eight o'clock was kind of my quiet time when I had a chance yeah. to, Left and write or exercise and do so uninterrupted. But now that I'm an entrepreneur, I can really set to your point schedules whenever I want. I can start at noon if I wanted to work till midnight if I chose to. So I've tried different schedules and I've certainly tried to incorporate more exercise and more mindfulness mm-hmm. and meditation and diet into my routines. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing it have a, a direct correlation on the performance that I deliver. Right. Uh, so I, I think it's really interesting that you we've kind of come to the same conclusion from two different points. Right. You bringing your athletic experience to to bear and really trying to use it to enhance your performance and therefore mm-hmm. your competitiveness in in this corporate context. Mm-hmm. And myself more experiential in that I tried the other way for so long and it just didn't fit as well. 
Uh, and now as I search for a bit more balance in all parts of my life, trying to incorporate all those things to get to the same place. Right, right. Yeah, and I think, you know, in our society nowadays, it's all about like the hustle and the harder you work, the more you get, or the longer you work, the more you get. And I just don't know if that's true. I think that you can hustle, but hustle in the right way. Work, you know, smarter, not harder, you know? So even in sport, sure, maybe I could have gone out and cycled for eight hours every day, but actually it was more efficient for me to rest for three hours and train a hundred percent for four hours. Mm. You know, when you really tune in to yourself, your body will tell you what you need. When your eyes are tired from staring at your screen all day, you know, go get a drink of water and walk around for 10 minutes. You know, when you come back, you'll feel fresh. If you can't think of an idea, do the same thing. Listening to our bodies, when you know you need something, you should take it. But I don't know, it's tough, especially when you have bosses and you have, you know, people who are expecting things from you. It's, it's quite a difficult balance. So, so where, you know, it can be, it can be hard sometimes. Totally agree. And I think it's just a function of a lack of understanding. I mean, the science around athletic performance is, is, has been much, is much more better researched, much better funded. Um, and therefore there's much greater acceptance for the things you're talking about in a corporate right. setting. There isn't, we have not spent the time really to, to do the detailed research. And if we have, the results aren't widely known, but I think what, what we're talking about, Tegan, really is the migration of the profession that I've spent 15 years working in, which is human mm -hmm. resources. Mm -hmm. Human resources was conceptualized at a time when we went, we meant to administer the workforce's transactions within a company. So right. you would join the company, we would hire you. We would make sure you got paid. We'd make sure you had all the forms you needed and access to all the products that you needed inside the four walls of an organization. Mm -hmm. But that work becomes automated and it takes on less importance with things like AI and, and other types of technologies that are going to essentially streamline that process. HR needs to evolve to be more of a performance-centric entity. And we've right. talked about that a lot in the context of, um, I say we, I mean the profession, has talked a lot yeah. about that in the, in the context of like culture and then making sure that the organization's culture is suitable for performance. But I think what we're going to get to eventually is talking about it in much more quantifiable terms and actually measuring performance as what you said for individuals that are asked to produce where they require very defined, deep levels of concentration, whether they're creative, whether they're doing project teams or doing sprints in the corporate context. Yes. I think there's going to be increasingly a greater, you know, appreciation and therefore space created for individuals to allow them to have that peak performance because in the end of the day, when all the busy mm -hmm. manual work is automated, the companies that have the most amount of success are the ones that have the best employees and the best employees are going to be defined by a, their alignment to the corporate culture and mm -hmm. b the collection of individual performance. So I think this is absolutely topical in that sense. And I get really excited about that because that is, um, you know, that is where we're headed as a, as a society and as a business culture. So I think it's just, it's so timely. I want to thank you so much for, for sharing that perspective. I have, I have one more question Absolutely. for you, if I could. Yeah. <laughs> What's next for you? I mean, you've accomplished so much in a very short period of time. You've, you've done, you know, professional hockey. You've done hockey for 18 years. Then you're a professional cyclist. Now you're in the take, tackling the business world. What's next for you? Um, as an entrepreneur, as a consultant, every day is different. And so I truly just 
you know, I'm excited about what's to come. I have a couple of companies lined up that I'm going to be working with that I'm thrilled about. Um, introducing a new industries, which is really cool because I've been more specialized with marketing agencies, but I'm really looking forward to kind of getting into different industries and applying, you know, my skills and expertise in, in a new place. That's super exciting. Tegan, thank you so much for your time today. I've really enjoyed having you. I'm looking forward to chatting with you soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Matt. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.